Hey guys, it's Jess. Um, since it's Thanksgiving and however uh, good or bad you may or may not feel about this holiday, uh, we just wanted to give you guys a little gift as a thank you for supporting us. Um, so we're going to be releasing two episodes this week. Uh, so be sure to look out for the next one in your feed. And again, thank you and happy Thanksgiving. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Um, I know you guys don't know this, but it's been a long time since we've recorded. <laughs> and so um, some new and exciting things have happened. So we have an announcement to make. Uh, we have joined the But Why Though podcast community. Um, so... They, but why though is a pop culture podcast. So they talk about a plethora of different um, things in pop culture, geek culture, gaming, uh, movies, comics, TV, all sorts of stuff. So definitely an awesome podcast. And Jared, you've actually are going to be a guest um, on their coming up. I think by the time this episode airs, it will have already come out. I was just going to say in real time. For me, it is upcoming, but for our listeners, when this when this is released, it will I believe it will have already been announced chronologically when I record with them on a Superman episode. Yeah, so a um, couple days for me. Yeah. So if you would like, actually, I don't care if you would like to or not, you just should go <laughs> check out um Jared's episode with them uh, on Superman. And um Definitely go check out the But Why Though podcast website. So it's butwhythoughpodcast.com. Um, there's a bunch of other podcasts on there. Um, there, If you're into Pokemon, uh, Safari Zone is a Pokemon podcast. Um, <laughs> there's a podcast on there called Did You Have To? That's about all the bad anime movie adaptations. That's hilarious. Um, I don't know. There's all kinds of good stuff. Um, you can also follow But Why Though PC on Twitter. Um, we will be making announcements. I mean, from our Twitter as well, but they'll be uh, tweeting out stuff to support us as well and uh, the rest of the community. So anyway, thanks, Kate and Matt, for asking us to join. Um, super honored. Yeah, we're really excited about it. I think uh, both, and yeah, it's going to be great to be part of a, a larger, uh, positive, and cool podcast community uh, uh, in the wider, like, internet nerd community. Yeah, definitely. Um, but why though also um, has a big writing community and um, a couple of friends of the podcast, so Swara, um, Ash, Maya. Just to name out a few people, um, there's people I'm missing. Oh, Lizzie and and Kate, of course. Um, they write pieces pretty regularly about stuff that's going on in pop culture, and uh, lots of awesome writers and opinions, and very smart people that write for this for this site. So, super happy to be a part of this community. So yeah, 
If uh, you would like to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you are not completely caught up, uh, you can watch it on Netflix. I believe all five seasons are available on Netflix at this time. And we do have a spoiler section at the end. So if you have not watched through the end of season five and most of the films in the MCU, then uh, just beware. But we'll give you plenty of warning. I think that's it. (laughs) Okay. Seems right. So this is... Season one, episode 10, The Bridge, which when I first saw the title of this, I was like, The Bridge. And I was like remembering what happened in this episode. And then it was like at the very end, I was like, oh, that's why it's called that. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So this was written by Shalisa Shalisa Francis and directed by Holly Dale, which is a, a... a lady team, which is fantastic. Thank you, Agents of Shield. It's something it, you wrote that in the notes, and it, it made me think. Just seeing in the credits as well. Uh, just I've been watching. I just binged uh, the current season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is just like a show about like really awful people. Like it's been described as like Seinfeld on crack, where there's the yeah. most narcissistic, self-absorbed, awful human beings, and they're like half of them are rich white people like like the other two are mm-hmm. poor but they're all very privileged individuals and uh and they're just kind of like hateful people and it's, it's satire it's, they're meant to be lampooning this but it just kind of like leaves a bad taste in your mouth in this current era and i couldn't help but notice while watching these with my niece while hanging out with my niece and nephew this last week uh in portland that every episode was written and directed by women. <laughs> that was like it felt like a shield for them. <laughs> like if we just have women, yeah. women of color, right? Uh, you, you know, specifically like write and direct these episodes, then they can make fun of us. It's much. It's a much better look for us than us making fun of ourselves. You know, while we have it. Yeah. So good. I thought oh that was God. like kind of weird. Of <laughs> it is weird, but kind of kind of brilliant of them. Uh, well, that's funny. So there's a scene in this episode, and we'll get to it, but it's when Ward and Coulson are kind of talking about women. And I thought it was like a weird scene to be put into an episode that's been written and directed by two women, to be honest. Every every once in a while <laughs> that happens, and you're like, really? Because who knows, like, if it's studio notes or whatever, like, very well could, could be somebody at the network being like, well... Maybe they should say that. I don't know. Like it just if who who knows? But sometimes it feels particularly weird to feel something, uh, read something, or see something that feels like particularly uh, boneheaded and like yeah. missing the obvious. And you're like, wait, that was a woman who wrote that about women or about men talking about women? Like this doesn't seem right at all. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. We'll get to, we'll we'll get to it in a few minutes. Um, so this episode was originally aired on December 10th, 2013. We open the scene at Havenworth Federal Prison, which I meant to look up where Havenworth is, and I totally forgot. I feel like I should know where all the federal prisons are in the country, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I should know that. I just feel like I should. Um, the location doesn't matter. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, there's this old white dude that we saw talking to Raina in episode five through the the glass, like the phone glass, you know, the prison phone glass. Um, And he's sitting at the prison cafeteria eating. 
And all of a sudden, uh, these soldiers bust holes in the ceiling and drop in, and we do we see the the centipede tech um, on their arms. So we do know that they're centipede soldiers, and so uh, they work for Project Centipede. And the old dude is extracted by these men, and he has some like respect issues. He's a little power hungry. He demands that he be called sir. So uh, we kind of see what. I mean, we already kind of had a little taste of what this guy is going to be like, but we get a little bit, even even more so, how obnoxious he is. So, D- don't uh, don't beat yourself up too bad about not recognizing Havenworth or knowing where it is. It is, I believe, don't have. I haven't like do- double checked it, but I'm pretty sure it is like a what do you call it, a Leavenworth uh, stand-in that they made oh, up for the show. Okay, I was I don't like think it's from the comics, but I, it might be from the comics. But I think. It sounds like a comic book type of we don't want to say Leavenworth. an actual location. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. So they say Havenworth Federal Penitentiary. Uh, uh, although I think I think Leavenworth is specifically uh, what do you call it a uh, military prison and not not just not, not just a federal facility in general, but. Uh, I'm gonna look I'm that the, up while you keep keep going because okay. no, I was no, gonna I'm say curious. I'm the I'm not I'm the wrong person to ask about any of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you okay. have an expert in <laughs> military prisons, uh. right? God. Uh, anyway, um, so now we're on the bus and Sky is in her bunk researching shield files and uh, she's Colson walks in and she's basically like, oh, you know, I looked through. She makes this algorithm to like try to figure out all the all the female agents that were of like childbearing age and, uh, you know, had she factored in marital status because she's trying to figure out if one of these agents is her mother. And um, Colson kind of is like, look, you know, I, I put May on some of the like more higher level files. And so don't worry about it. Like, we'll figure this out. Um, and Sky's kind of like, well, I was kind of hoping to keep this between us. And Colson says, Agent May specializes in private, um, which has so much meaning. So it could mean so many things, right? <laughs> so we uh, pan down to, to May and Ward, who are sparring in the cargo hold. And Ward tries to flirt, and May is just like, she just shuts him down. She's like, not here. <laughs> like, and he's just like, whoa, okay. And Colson shows up, and he's like, oh, we got a briefing. Yeah, she's, she's, she's very compartmentalized right there. Oh yeah, she's like this is this is work. <laughs> this is not time for that. So, but yeah, I thought it was eh, whatever. We can we'll talk about it at the end. <laughs> well, because there's another instance where you know it's the the shoes on the other foot. I guess Ward gets to shut right. her down. So. Right. Um. So we find out that the old guy that was in prison is Edison Poe, and he's played by Colin Douglas. And this guy is like an ex-military strategist. He's this crazy ass killer, and there's nothing particularly like shieldy about him. He's not. He's not powered. He's not like wealthy. He's not, you know, some kind of supervillain. He just kind of seems like a regular old evil guy, <laughs> which is kind of sad <laughs> to think about that he's not crazy enough to to be on shield's radar but we find out that that's not the case um so colson mentions that uh they're gonna have backup and it's gonna be mike Meter- mike peterson so uh he again he's played by jake august richards from the pilot episode and colson meets him at the shield some shield training facility where he's pushing like a 
what is he pushing? Some kind of like construction equipment or like a truck or something across a football field. Uh, it's, it's, and- it's a basic cable, impressive display of super strength, I think. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I can't remember if it was like a storage <laughs> unit container or a tractor, but it was like, no one could really lift that, but you could pull it pretty easy with a truck and wires. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't know. I'm not yeah. trying to undersell it. It was, it was a smart use of their time and budget. <laughs> it worked. Definitely. Oh, and it made lots of like, um, it uprooted all the grass. So it's very obvious that it's heavy and it's hard to push. It requires a lot of friction to get it across the ground. Yes, very... it's good, good special effects. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Um, but yeah, so Colson tells him that we need you to suit up. And so he gets to go be a hero and a shield agent, which is kind of cool. Um, May does not agree. She thinks bringing Mike back is a very bad idea. But he seems like Coulson- gung ho and into it. Like he like, 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 like he's taking a big turn from being like, I'm not really sure about any of this. Like they've given him an opportunity to be the hero of it. Like that, uh, that Sky encouraged him to be in the pilot. Yeah, and yeah, and he definitely wants a chance to prove himself and uh and Colson seems to like to do that. He likes to give people second chances. So so it's good. It's good all around. Well, except for May doesn't agree and neither does Ward. But uh Colson also decides after, you know, telling May that we're having this, you know, powered uh individual that tried to kill us before uh join us that he lied to Sky saying that she was working on some research about her parents and so Sky might come to May for some information and she is just not happy. That's going to be a recurring theme throughout this episode, May being pissed. <laughs> um so Mike reunites with the team um, as Ward is talking about how the last time we saw him, he was a homicidal maniac and he's standing right behind him, which good job, Ward. Um, <laughs> but Mike, you know, he's such a good guy and he just starts talking about like how grateful he is for them sparing his life because he knows that that definitely could have gone a different way at Union Station. And it's just a really nice moment of – and it feels real, like that's something that could actually happen. Like he's a regular guy that just got caught up in this craziness. And, you know, because of the compassion of Colson and his team, like he was able to survive and now he's able to prove himself and become a shield agent. Um, so, yeah. And then they uh, are kind of going through all the information that they've been digging through to find a lead. And they do find a lead with one of the centipede soldiers uh, has a sister that's at a university in Ohio. So they decide to head off and go find her. Um, so Mike and Colson kind of have a, have a moment in Colson's office and Colson, or uh, Mike gets sent down to the lab to get fitted for gear and get tested because Colson needs to know his limitations. Um, what you know when he burns out like how much strength he has all that kind of stuff which is totally understandable it's you know i'm sure also he's testing mike to see just how he is as a person now even though psyops has already done that but oh my god and then he goes down to the lab to get measured for like a suit and all this stuff and simmons is being so embarrassing and she's like measuring him manually with a tape measure and Fitz comes over and points out very loudly that they have equipment that can do that for her. She doesn't need to do it manually. Um, and the three of them start talking and Mike tells uh, the two of them that the night-night gun is what helps stabilize him somehow so he didn't explode. So now he, um, you know, he doesn't have the same problem that the other centipede soldiers had with the serum. 
And then he says, oh, and it didn't even leave a scar when you shot me. And then Simmons continues to be embarrassing. And she's talking about how perfect his physique is. And and Fitz stops her. And it's all very awkward. I got such bad secondhand embarrassment when I was watching this scene because it was just like, oh, my God. She And it sucks because like this isn't the first time this has happened, I don't think. I feel like this has happened in another episode where she's like being weird like this around another man. <laughs> I think in the first nine episodes we got some hint i don't want to spoil but i'm pretty sure she's like in awe of uh ward a little bit yeah and fitz doesn't I think, necessarily love yeah. it if not that's a slight spoiler i'm sorry <laughs> but, but I, I think we've gotten just hints of it like like nothing huge yeah i think fun. i think you're right but she also thinks he's like a big doof too so <laughs> we've gotten hints for sure yeah yeah all right, so um, we're now in Ohio, and Ward and Coulson are driving in Lola, and this is the scene where they're talking about women and how they're like a mystery to be unlocked and all this like weird dialogue about it. And I was a little – when I was watching this, that's what I was talking about earlier about – how it was weird that this scene was written and directed by two women. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I mean, the pro- one of the producers of the show is a man, so whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this in the scene, Colson mentions uh, his cellist from uh, from Portland, and Ward is kind of asking him like, "Well, what happened?" And Colson's like, "Well, I died." <laughs> so like, it kind of puts a damper on things. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah. like, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> it's weird because we start to get a sense of Colson's ideas about attachment while working as a shield agent in the scene about how it's just easier to have no strings um but also doesn't this feel like total like advice he's telling himself because yes not just because it does. Of anything like long term that i could mention but just like obviously he sees these people as a family and even like mike peterson like who he's not like, i know more than his <laughs> than like uh, you know uh, securing him as an asset other than these things like he has no actual interaction with him, but he still feels like he has like an attachment or a protective, like sort of nurturing figure. Like we talked about before. Like, I think he's just so caring. It's like, aren't you kind of full of crap? You're telling yeah. Ward not to get attached. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, Ward might be getting attached to the lady he's having sex with. But other than that, he's not shown any attachment. Like, not, not that he doesn't interact with them well, but. I don't know. At this point in the show, it feels like Coulson is way more of like a lovey-dovey dude than Ward. So like, what what is is this scene? Beyond it being women writing the scene, it's just, this doesn't really ring true to me in a lot of ways. Well, so I think he might have just been throwing shade at him for getting involved with May. I think that that has to be it, right? I think that's this is him telling Ward that he knows what's going on because Ward asks even like, you know, wouldn't have been easier if she was an agent. And um, Colson says, in my experience, that's asking for trouble. And just like Ward's face, he's just like, oh, like <laughs> I think that was the signal that Colson knew that something was going on uh, between them. I, wanna, I think you're probably right. But now I want to say something that I feel well, we can spoiler. talk. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the spoiler section because this whole episode has like a lot so of so many spoiler uh, ramifications. Yeah, and there's 
there's a lot of spoiler ramifications and there's a huge theme of like attachment and the issues that come with attachment because May has a lot to say about attachment in this episode too. So we'll get to that. Oh, but yeah, this was a weird scene. Anyway, <laughs> so back on the bus, uh, they're looking at the prison cam footage. So it's May and Sky, and um, they use Shield's lip reading technology, which is kind of crazy, to hear or to see that um, Poe is saying the clairvoyant does not like to be touched or something like that. And so they're like, oh, the clairvoyant, what's that? And so... Um, oh, and then they see Raina, who's in this flower dress, and Sky's like, "Oh, you know, uh, um, I forget the guy's name that was her boyfriend now, uh, that was played by her actual ex-boyfriend." <laughs> anyway, she was saying that he said, "I totally blanked on his name." Um, she was saying that he said um, that you know a woman in a flower dress came to recruit him or to you know whatever. And Mike walks in at this moment. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's Raina. She's like the centipede recruiter. She's the one who got me started in the program." And so we finally connect uh, Raina and the Shield team officially because they did not know her yet. So now uh, Poe and Raina are in this warehouse and Poe is eating a steak and drinking wine out of a decanter, like at this little table in the middle of this janky warehouse. This guy is so extra. <laughs> and Raina, he's, and Raina's like, oh, is it to your liking? And he's like, no, it's overcooked. It's just like so obnoxious. Um, and she mentions that they're having to move their operation every few days because of Coulson's team. And so they're like, well, let's not, you know, let's find a way to not do that anymore. It's just, you know, sinister plotting <laughs> edited in there. So Ward and Coulson are in, at the university uh, trying to make contact with the soldier's sister. And Ward is using this lottery story that, her, you know, oh, have you talked to your brother? You won, He won the lottery. Here's my card. Have him call me. Uh, turns out the business card is spy tech. And so she calls her brother and the card is able to like tap into the signal somehow. And so they get a location um, on her brother and it's in Oakland. So they got to go to Oakland now. Um, so back on the bus, Mike gets his suit and Ward is like not happy about him being a powered individual, but he is impressed with the suit. So even even Ward is impressed. <laughs> oh, so insufferable. Ward. I know. Uh, so now they're in Oakland and they plan to go down with Mike and Colson as one team and May and Ward as the other half of the team. They get into the warehouse and it's completely empty. So they decide to call the soldier's number and they hear ringing from inside one of the shipping containers that's in this warehouse, which who brings their phone on a combat op and leaves the ringer on like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Rookie mistake. I thought that was a little right. No, it's so, and so anyway, so you know, inconvenient and so, I was just like, what? <laughs> That's how you're gonna find him? Okay. Um, so anyway, the one of the soldiers kicks out kicks down the door of one of the containers and chaos ensues. There's a bunch of combat going on. Um, they realize uh, when Colson tries to shoot one of them with a night night gun that the guns are not gonna take them down. They just like revive really quickly. Um, and of course, you know, everyone gets taken out except for May and Mike. May is holding her own. Uh, Mike gets stabbed by a thing of rebar, but he still manages to like take a bunch of people down and he knocks one of the soldiers down. Everyone else runs away. Um, and it turns out, turns out that the soldier has an eye implant and he gets killed because he's like, I won't tell them anything. That's really sad. So they're all being controlled by these eye implants that we saw um, on uh, Agent 
In episode four, right? Yeah, on I Spy. <laughs> Amador is the one that had the eye implant. So it's all being connected. Back on the bus, they talk about how ridiculous this situation is. So they finally connect that Centipede um, are the ones that developed the eye implant technology. So they link it back to Amador. Um, Centipede obviously has a lot of resources and money and now super soldiers and now a clairvoyant. Uh, maybe the clairvoyant someone with all the money. And Fitz goes, if I could see into the future, I'd go straight to Las Vegas, which is a very good point. <laughs> but everyone kind of gives him this look like, oh, God. <laughs> so yeah just kind of discussing how crazy like the what they're up against is you know they're outmatched right even with all of shield's resources um so then we get to a scene with reyna and poe in the car and reyna is ooh, she's she's like super fanatical but also like I feel like she is a fanatic, but she's also using that to be to manipulate as well. Cause she's like, they realize that Mike hasn't been reinjected with the super soldier serum and he still has his powers and he's the key to the next stage of the project. So this, you know, implies that they're going to try to go after Mike now. But also like Raina is like super like in awe of the clairvoyant and like wants to meet him and like wants to be recognized by him. And I don't know, this scene is just like shows how crazy she is, but also like she's like touching Poe's hand and like luring him into this sense of like, she's the student and he's the mentor type of thing. But I don't know. It's not going to stay that way. I don't think. <laughs> um, so back on the bus. May and Ward are having a define the relationship talk and Ward totally blows her off. <laughs> He's like, you're too full of yourself. Like, I wasn't trying to protect you in combat. It was a strategic move. Like, you're faster than me. Like, you could have taken these guys out. So I let them hit me and take me down. It's like, oh. And then conveniently, Sky shows up right at this moment and you can tell May is still pretty pissed. Um, and she's not very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she starts talking about how Sky needs to put aside her attachments uh, if she wants to be an agent. She says, if you can't put aside your personal attachments, you shouldn't be here. And Sky goes off and starts crying. And Coulson thinks about comforting her and then decides not to, <laughs> which I was like, oh, okay. But yeah. And then um, Coulson and Mike are talking about how Mike hasn't been to see his son yet because he's afraid of his reaction. The last time that he saw his son, he was a complete monster because the, the serum was in control of him. And Coulson starts talking to him about how it's easier to not have anyone like, but he does have someone. And so he needs to take that into consideration and decide what he wants to do with that and whether that's, you know, that's completely his decision. And so Mike decides to call his son Ace and fucking Raina is in his house with his son. <sighs> I totally forgot about this happening when I was rewatching this and I was like, completely surprised all over again <laughs> i was like no <laughs> yeah it's only like her second appearance right i i didn't see it coming yeah i didn't see it coming so ugh, of course they would so yeah so centipede wants to trade mike for ace and they want to study mike they oh, don't which want is to study ace <laughs> well we'll find that out in a second um <laughs> so they go to the bridge finally which is what this episode is named after and hey it's in long beach i grew up in long beach so i was like oh 
I know that. I know that bridge. <laughs> I've run on there for a half marathon. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, so Mike requests Colson to escort him to get Ace, and Ward is the sniper. Um, May he Colson asks May to stay behind because if anything goes south, he needs her on point. Uh, the kids are in the car too, hanging out. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> So Colson and Mike walk up to Reyna in between these two tankers, like uh, like water or gas tankers, and we finally figure out that trading Mike for Ace was not the deal. Um, so Mike, so heartbreaking. Mike agreed to give up Colson for Ace, and he's just like, "What was I supposed to do? Like I didn't, I couldn't make another choice." And Colson is so understanding and just like no i get it like this is how this is you know what i would have done too and so colson agrees to go and mike takes ace and walks him back to sky and he's like here stay with her i have to go back and make this right and so he goes back to get colson and by this time colson has been injected with some kind of i don't know sleep sleep potion (laughs) that is not the word i'm looking for and so he's knocked out they're dragging him to this car and mike is running up to the point in between the two tankers and they explode. And then the car that Colson was walking towards explodes and the entire team is just shook. Everyone's like, what the fuck? What just happened? And then we see there's like a moment where you think, oh my God, Colson is dead. And then a helicopter rises up and starts flying away. And you're like, okay, that's where he is. Good. And then the helicopter starts shooting at Ward and then he gets shot and gets taken down. And the look on May's face is just like, she's so mad. And I feel like she's mad at Coulson and she's mad at everyone, the entire situation. Like she's mad that Coulson would like let it, let him be blinded by his attachments um, to get to that point where he's taken away by this, uh, this entity that they are no match for because of the resources that they have. It's tense. So now in the helicopter, Coulson's awake and Raina and Poe are there. And Raina says, we want you to tell us about the day after you died. What? (laughs) So this. Oh, my God. First of all, this is the first episode where we have a major cliffhanger. So Coulson is gone. Mike is most likely dead. Uh. You know, the team is leaderless. Ward is down. We don't know if he's injured. Um, May is now in charge and she's mad. And she, her and Sky are not getting along either. And so that's going to be an issue probably. Oh, there's so many things that are happening. And yeah, there will be plenty more cliffhanger episodes like this in the seasons to come. But this is our first that's one. True. So big milestone. I think <laughs> was – when did this air? Was this the mid-season finale? Yeah, I think it was. So that would explain why it was a good cliffhanger. Yeah, 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 because this is episode 10 and there's 21 episodes. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, big milestone. Yay, S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) Yay, S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. Um, I think the rest of the stuff we need to talk about in the spoiler section just because there's so much. Yeah, I mean, and there's There's been a lot of discussion about it that I think we didn't cover that wouldn't lead directly to spoilers. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're skipping our usual kind of uh, discussion and going straight to spoilers. So that's everything yes. through season five and uh, all the MCU movies, right? Yep, yep. So yeah, if you haven't seen all that, 
Uh, here's your warning. Don't listen any further if you don't want to be spoiled. You wear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So this is like the first view of like the actual A plot, like the, the villain, the A villain plot of the show where they're trying to get Coulson's, like how Coulson was healed to John Garrett. Like we haven't, it's, we're already halfway through the season and this is like the first time where we're starting to figure out that that's actually what we're going after. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. True, and it's building towards Centipede being revealed as just an arm of, of Hydra. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting about that, that that's coming. All these Centipede guys rough. are just Hydra cronies. Yeah, they are. Or in oh the case God. of Brandon, also an inhuman crony. There's so much stuff. Uh, and yet we know that, I mean, clearly we, we see that Coulson's awake. We also know that Mike, this is not exactly his death, sort of, but really just yeah. transformation into death lock. Yeah. Yeah. But he technically dies. Yeah, I mean, in this and that's episode, what right? all the death locks are cor- reanimated corpses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, I couldn't remember if this is where he died or if he like was just injured and he actually died in a later episode. Cause I feel like he comes back so many times. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So this is Mike died. Oh, that's so sad. And his son had to watch that. Very, very upsetting. Um, but yeah, so this is like, this is where all the shit starts flowing downhill now. I feel, um, I didn't mean to make that analogy so perfect, but there there it was. (laughs) Um, So I think the other thing that we need to talk about is this theme of detachment, attachments. Um, Coulson is, he's either throwing shade at Ward or he's just completely not (laughs) self-aware. So... Because he, throughout all of the seasons, has an issue with attachment. Like, up to the point in season five where he shoots Sky with the night-night gun and carries her away against her will because she thinks she's the destroyer of worlds. And he's like, no, you need to come back with us to the present time. Well, she going to make <laughs> a choice like that about herself? <laughs> no, I mean, that's totally his attitude. <laughs> but he, he can't stand. I know. He's just so protective of all of them. And it's, it is, it's like he's attached to all these people, but preaches non-attachment. He's like the world's worst Buddhist monk. He's like, don't be attached (laughs) to anything. It's like, but you're just like, you won't let go of any of us. It's like, 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 what about your attachment? It's like, you've been group hugging us for three weeks. It's like. I know. Well, and also, like, yeah, he's just not married. He doesn't have children. Like, he doesn't even have any, like, family that we really know of, like, parents or brothers, sisters, anything like that. At least he doesn't talk to them. And so, yeah, I guess, like, on the surface, he is playing that detached, you know, shield agent uh, role, but he he finds attachments elsewhere like throughout the seasons and he has a major issue with that. So, and it's also, I feel like when they're in the framework, it's, it's his attachment to his relationship with sky that like brings his memory back of like the real world. And, and we talked about his nurturing this and we were talking about his attachment now, but like also what motivated him to, to, to join them even before he was convinced was his love of his students because yeah. like he was against yeah. Hydra because he loved his students so much. Like 
No, he's just mm-hmm. all about it. He's all about empathy and compassion and attachment. But he says he's not. It's funny. He's a liar. <laughs> he is a liar or, or very not self-aware. So I don't know. Um, and it's funny, too, because May says this also, like, if you can't let go of your attachments, you shouldn't be here. And, oh, like, just the shit that she goes through later when she decides to, like, I guess, reattach herself to, like, her her husband and how that's just ripped away from her, like, of being a possibility is, like, no wonder homegirls, like don't get attached like this is what happens <laughs> like when you get attached like she's kind of learned her lesson and when she does try to open herself up again it just backfires it seems because even at the end of episode five like her and colson are finally able to like love each other and be like hey let's be together and then he's gonna fucking die so <sighs> colson's a jerk he is and poor may but i think it's interesting because so sky is like hearing this from everyone and all of her people that she could have been attached to also get torn away from her. Like her, her mom, her dad, Lincoln. Um, I know you're like, talking about Lincoln, the inhuman, you know, uh, but, but yeah, the way yeah, you yeah. said it, it's just like, she loved president. Like <laughs> he died. <laughs> he he did die. <laughs> there is time. There is time travel on the show. So, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> and then now colson too big fan of lincoln president lincoln oh my god um but yeah so we'll explore this more and more like as the season unfolds but it was just a very interesting like you said like colson's like the worst at, at detaching himself from people why is he the one preaching about this and then it's funny too because ward is probably the least attached to anyone except for maybe sky and and we don't really know that he's yet, the one that he's know. telling this to. <laughs> yeah, but he's the one he's telling this to. Like, it's like hey, cold, heartless <laughs> killer who's playing all of us and playing a bunch of different people a million different ways and like triple crossing everyone. Stop being so attached when I when you don't even really seem that attached. Like, like yeah, in your cover, you know, it makes no sense. It, 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 it's it is one of the weirdest scenes all over the place for so many ways, and it feels like it's just to set up. Uh, May's disappointment at the end of the episode where like you're, you're too attached Colson you should have taken your own yeah. advice it's like yeah of course he was saying that yeah. the only way it works is if he's just saying it to himself he's just like hey yep. come here for a second Ward I really need someone to be in the room so that I'm not crazy when I'm trying to convince myself of something <laughs> <laughs> like, that has to be <laughs> oh that's such a good point oh my god yeah um so the other thing that we need to talk about is Reyna, who, oh man, she is an interesting character. Um, and not just because of where we know where she goes. She's interesting now. And I didn't realize how interesting she was now, like in retrospect. True. Um, no, that's true. Like she, I can't, like if, like I'm trying to like remember or th- like view this as if I'm viewing it for the first time. Like it's really hard to figure out if she, like how, you know, if she's like 50% fanatic and 50% manipulator, is it like 80, 20 or like, you know, how much like of her is playing somebody else and how much of her buys into it? Well, I feel yeah, like, like she doesn't really buy into any of the Hydra stuff, right? It's all inhuman. Yeah. But do, so I can't she's remember. Does she them. think the Claire, 
does she think the clairvoyant is an inhuman? Or does she know that that's just a sham? I don't know. Oh, is it because of the Kree stuff? I can't remember. With, with Coulson taking the Kree blood and because the oh, human connections to the Kree? I can't remember either. I'm curious at this point to rediscover it. Yeah, I am too. But yeah, she's just like, like the scenes that she's in where she's being super like reverent and crazy. I'm just like, oh, girl. But then she like spins it around like a second later and is like, let me think that I like you (laughs) and that we're friends. (laughs) She's very good at her job, I must say. But yeah. And that's interesting, too, when we meet um, uh, Sky's dad. What is his name? in the show calvin he's calvin he's calvin, calvin zabo he's a uh, dr hyde or mr hyde yeah yeah that's the same in the comics yeah so yeah so calvin um like he has her he's being super fanatic and has her and you know a couple others like believing in they're the chosen ones and you know they're gonna transform and all this shit so it's interesting when we meet him, like seeing how she is, but also how like I don't think Calvin has that same worldliness that she does. She learned that somewhere else, like on how to how to manipulate people because he's just a little he's he wears his heart on his sleeve type of type of dude. He can't. I don't know. <laughs> he can't keep that in. So I don't know. Raina is super interesting. And Ruth Nega is. The best. She is the best. I'm a, I'm a little in Same. love with her. <laughs> that's, that's a podcast-wide sentiment. Yep. And uh, we were kind of talking about Preacher a couple of – well, when she first appeared um, in episode five. But I need to catch up on season two because she's in the sh- – if you haven't watched Preacher, you need to. It's on AMC. It's a, It's based on a comic. Yeah, it's a decent um, comic or – I mean, it's, it's published the, by DC, but it's Vertigo. It's uh, it was an independently yeah uh, p- published story, and it was made for adults in the '90s. When I mean, some of this era is like just trying to be dark for the sake of it, but that was also it, it was also <laughs> trying to be, I think, heady and and you know, kind of literary. And it is it is vulgar and dark for just the sake of it. That's I think partially why it appeared to the or it appealed to the people who developed it for TV. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg, who made like, uh, you know, all the movies they made. Like, this is the end. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the one where they're just trying? The teenagers trying to get laid. <laughs> super, super bad. Oh, like that's their first yes. thing they did together. Is is, is yeah, so oh <laughs> so like I, I, like there's a reason why it appealed to them. But it's it's more than just that. Like it's not just gross out stuff or or. Or extreme stuff. It's also, I think, thought provoking and interesting. Like I, li- I like it a lot. Yeah, I do too. And it's funny too because it it has a connection to to another Marvel ABC show with Dominic Cooper, who plays um, the lead in Preacher. He played um, Daddy Stark in Agent Carter. Which is super <laughs> strange. So we got Ruth Negat. Yeah, so we got Ruth Nega from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in it, and then Dominic Cooper from Agent Carter, which is kind of cool. I forget, um, I forget, what is his name? Daddy Stark. Uh, Stark? <laughs> yes, thank you. Like, it's not, it's not I know Daddy. nothing, and this is why you're here. It's not Daddy. <laughs> not Daddy I'm pretty Stark. sure. I'm <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so yeah. 
uh excellent show if you have not watched it definitely go watch it it's a little weird and it's a little gory and and little nuts but ruth nega is fantastic in it um agreed and and dominic cooper is really great in it too so is joseph gilgan uh, yeah. who plays cassidy the other the third lead like all the cast is great. oh my god i forgot about and him i, I have a I just realized Jackie Earl Haley, because he plays the guy in the first season who owns like the uh, pig farm and the slaughterhouse and everything. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. he's in that. He's also in Watchmen. He's in Tick. And there's a, I think there's a fourth one. He's in the Tick. and, and But he's in like so many comic book things. I think he's in the most of them. <laughs> like, <I'm> everybody. <laughs> the most. Yeah. I have to look that up real quick. Oh, I love it. Um, I kind of love it when actors just stick in the comic book genre because I mean, like comic book genre, it, it mean I mean it can be anything because it's like, a, it's it a medium, be, you know what I mean? more of an you know yeah. a genre. So he could be a genre, yeah. I mean, but in but in TV and film, it's considered like a genre rather than true. Even though pre- preacher you know, just, is not really the same genre as any of that stuff. I mean, Watchmen is not at all, but like it, you know. So much in the comic world, like people don't even know it, that, that you know, it, well, you're right at the same time. Movies like Ghost World or Road to Perdition, people don't know are based on comic books, so they don't mm-hmm. really fall in that category. It's just interesting, too, because now that narrative has changed because of the huge success of the superhero industry. Like, now yeah. it's like even something that is not superhero like Scott Pilgrim is seen as a, it's a comic book movie, you know. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. I wonder if that'll change. Like, I don't know. Like, cause, like you said, like Preacher is I not. I figured out it was a, it's, another it's DC one. Uh, he's mostly done DC. He was in the, the TV show Human Target, which is another one before people knew I didn't even what know a cash that. cow it was. <laughs> people didn't realize that Fox show was uh, the long running DC comic book and a really good one too. But a guy who uh, is like a master yeah, of disguise I, I and a hitman. I didn't man. even know that was based on a DC comic. But so Jackie O'Haley has been in four different superhero or comic book related things. And then so Brandon Ruth has been in at least, uh, he's been in four as well. I think they tie because he was in Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, which is a an Italian uh, comic book character. And he was Superman and he is now the Adam on the CW TV shows. And he was also in Scott Pilgrim. So yeah, oh it's kind of awesome. Jack Hero <laughs> Haley uh, in Preacher and, uh, and uh, I just mentioned as well, uh, Brandon R- Routh and all his stuff are they're kind of putting Ruth Nega with her just two comic book roles to shame with Shield and Preacher. It's like, come on, man, yeah, catch up. <laughs> it's crazy how ubiquitous it is that you can. It's like it's not even weird. They're not even known as like comic book actors, and they shouldn't be because they do tons not of other all. stuff too. But at the same yeah. time, it's just like four of their major roles in the last few years have been superhero things and it's just bonkers all, all, all but the tick and i think maybe DC that's just... between watchmen and yeah Preacher and uh, and human target i wonder if um just the like the rise in adaptations from comic books is just because comics is very much like a visual and dialogue medium so it's very similar to well, i think it's also television I think, right? or i think it's also movies it's much it's that it's it's something that's fresh. It hasn't been a- adapted yet, and it's still coming out. They're adapting stories that have just been written a few years ago. Right. Whereas, like, 
you know, literature and film and itself has been mined so much. Like people are complaining at the, them remaking Scarface, but the Scarface that they're attached to is a remake. It was made in, I think, the 40s and the 20s. Like, like the one they like isn't even – it was was a remake yeah. of a remake. It's like it's absurd. And the yeah. same thing with like a, a Star is Born is huge right now. People complain about comic books not being original or them redoing movies and TV shows that are like more obvious. But this is like the fifth A Star is Born, the fourth. It's like – Yeah, yeah. And it's the same story every time. And it's, the, and it's just – what do you call it? Um, uh, My Fair Lady, uh, but – a, a more modern musical, Hollywood. Music. A Holly, well, my my <laughs> yeah. favorite music as well, but 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 like a but oh, a Hollywood true, yeah. version. But even that is an adaptation yeah. of the play Pygmalion, which is sort of based on the myth Pygmalion. <laughs> it's, it's all just it's all just adaptations of adaptations at this point. In comics, at least for stuff that's not Spider Man or Superman or Batman, it's the first time most of us are seeing it. Like not me, but you know, it's crazy. Like before, Iron Man was like was. A concept. People knew it was a dude in a suit. Captain America was just a guy in a, in, a, in, a, in a costume that most people thought of as like more like I think you know Trump supporters or or just like die die hard uh, kind of super conservative people would use the word Captain America, or they'd be referring to uh, the motorcycle, you know, and in, in in what do you call it? Uh, was it Easy Rider or is the motorcycle's name Captain America? It's like. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, I'd have to ask but, Billy. But it's like the, the, the context <laughs> yeah. for the for the character like wasn't actually Steve Rogers or what he stood for until recently, and like it's cool now for me as someone who grew up loving that character that everyone's into it. it it's funny to hear people complaining about uh, adaptations and and comic book stuff because like I do get, I totally get being annoyed with uh, you know how many versions of Batman. Or even Spider-Man, there have been. It's crazy. There have been seven Spider-Man movies already, and there were seven Spider-Man <laughs> movies in a period of like 15 years. Like, it's so many. Yeah. By the way, I finished the Spider-Man game for PS4, and I am now one of those people that loves and adores Spider-Man, and I think that that game is the best Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I love that so much. I, I, I love it so much. And like... I have never Blake cared about Spider-Man ever. Blake and Andrew called me <laughs> yeah. to ask me uh, about like Miles Morales and Spider-Man's relationship and how it works and whatnot. And uh, yeah, because like, oh, there's there's a lot of miles, which in this is great game, too. And, it's, so and it's also who knows this game might tell the story because that's I mean, I'll talk about it at a later date. But it sticks in my craw because uh, like he doesn't have an origin that really makes sense in the comics right now because he's from another oh. dimension. And nobody but him yeah. knows that. <laughs> like to everyone else, he's just has always been around and is from there. And he has an origin mm-hmm. that all of his family members and people involved in his origin know about, but himself and the reader are unaware of it at this point. Like and so I'm just like Oh weird. Oh, and it's just the writer didn't want to deal with it. What? When they combined universes. Because he was created in an independent yeah. universe called Alt- the Ultimate Universe. And it was very much like the movies or the video game where it didn't impact anything in the comics and like the mainstream comics that have been around since 1963 with Peter Parker and the version of the ultimate universe, it had appeared that he died. And I guess he'd for a time he had, but his version of whatever Osborne serum that created both the green goblin and the spider that gave him and miles their powers, the, uh, it also makes you essentially immortal. So he healed from it and it eventually came back. But before he did, Miles took over. So Miles's origin was from a world where Peter died when he was 18 and has, had a secret identity revealed to the public. And it's just a different 
universe with with the, yeah. with, with the super conservative jerkhole Captain America and with just totally diff- different <laughs> characters, different versions of the characters. A slightly delusional Thor or one who appeared to be. It's also the reason why Samuel Jackson plays uh, Nick Fury now, which is cool. But but that universe was eventually so unsuccessful and unprofitable at that point. It had been huge. It had been the biggest thing going at Marvel for a while, but it became less and less profitable. And the only thing that they could justify keeping going was Miles. They wanted to join him with the mainstream Marvel universe. And so he they did. But now everyone in his life, his parents, his best friend, all of them are like, we, we live in this universe. And he's like, no, we're not, we're not from here. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> You could not get more comic it's weird. book. Than that. It's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, and uh, that's why, like, I the game very easily wrote him into older Peter's story. No, and I, and I like, like that. And I, hopefully, the sequel game, which I think is supposed to introduce Venom, somebody pointed out there is no Venom in the costume because they're saving it for the next game. Will also introduce okay, Miles uh, as Spider-Man, like, 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 like right. it, which would be cool to see. How to do how they would want to do that, <laughs> and maybe that's how it will work in the comics. Now it's just an untold story, uh, because yeah. comics are confusing everybody. Uh, it's in conclusion, it's comics there. are super confusing. If you enjoy Shield and find it confusing after five seasons, try immersing yourself in a character like Captain America who's been around since 1941, because <laughs> that's oh, bonkers. <laughs> I know all that stuff. There's so many people. There's been. There's been replacement Captain Americas whose real names we don't know because they had their faces changed and their names legally changed <laughs> to be Steve Rogers because he became obsessed with Steve Rogers. He's the only person to ever duplicate the Captain America Super Soldier Serum because he was such a big fanboy. This was written in like maybe the 70s, maybe the 60s. It was about a character in the 50s, like during the anti-communism era. Like it's just totally bonko. Absolutely bonkers. That is nuts. Oh, for sure. So nuts. <laughs> for sure and that character that the, his bucky was named jack monroe and became a character called nomad who was very similar to winter soldier and when they brought back the real bucky from the dead he was brainwashed still he was still a, like a russian assassin or whatever and he just point blank shot that replacement murdered him in the face <gasps> and he's not ever come back since and it's uh it, he's oh, so no. sim- he's similar <laughs> to the Winter Soldier version to what he's become, and it's like, nope. Like they tried doing this in the '90s, you were really successful, and but now you're not. You're washed up, and they're trying it again with the original. So, boom, shot him in the face. <laughs> it's it pissed me off at the time because I loved Jack Monroe because I like little kids, and Jack Monroe adopted a baby girl while he was on the run. So he had a baby that he named Bucky that he had strapped to his belly while he was like being shot at, and he had like a baby Bjorn. Oh my god! It was a, such a fun comic book, though. It was it was like a weird version of like um, the Japanese story that's in like everything, like from like plays to movies to comics. But uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, like the story of the yeah. father on the run with his son as a, as an infant. Like it's very very sim- like it's like uh, Samurai Warrior. It's very similar, only it's a former superhero who's like wanted by all these shadowy government organizations and who've had him on ice since the fifties, had him frozen <laughs> and they wanted to keep his secrets. And he's trying to protect this little kid who's also like in danger. And it's, it, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful, very stupid, super cheesy story. And at the time the character was made to look like Lorenzo Lamas's character uh, on his TV show, his syndicated TV show, Renegade. Where he his costume consisted of a long dark gray trench coat 
a tight black t-shirt, <laughs> uh, tight jeans, and big aviator style like sunglasses, or like not even aviator, like Ray Bans, like in the nineties, like single yeah. piece of reflective yeah, glasses, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and like a bad mullet, and he had a sawed-off shotgun and a baby strapped to his chest. It was amazing. <laughs> I highly recommend everyone find if like if you have the Marvel um, Digital Unlimited or whatever, look up Nomad. It is amazing, preposterously bad, but <laughs> lots of fun. That's my obscure comic uh, recommendation. Awesome! Oh my god, there's no comic book tie-ins in this episode. I mean, in the spoiler section, this leads to um, Mike Peterson becoming Deathlock. So I guess that's it. But we've already kind of okay. I've already that's talked about that extensively. <laughs> So it doesn't feel like anything. Yes, yeah. It feels like okay. I, I, like if you listen to the first episode, you know that, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But if you didn't, and you skipped ahead, now you know he becomes Deathlock, uh, who is a character that is, has a long storied history and is always a dead, the corpse of a soldier who's brought back to life to replicate Captain America. Everything in Marvel, like it's so funny because it's like art imitating life. For sure, because everything was to replicate the successful formula of Captain America, <laughs> which is like right. at the time he was huge in, in the forties. Like people forget, but Jack Kirby and Joe Simon well, came up with him and published him before the U.S. entered. It came out in December of 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 forty one before Pearl Harbor, <laughs> it, and it was and they, it took them like six to eight months to make a comic book back then. So they came up with the idea in like 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 towards not the beginning of the war, but before uh, our relationship with with the Germany had deteriorated, because before that we were selling them their steel, like we we were we were fine playing both sides, helping the yeah. Brits and the Germans. That's crazy! I didn't realize well, that. Like, well, they were the son of German immigrants, <laughs> like the, uh, uh, yeah. Jewish German immigrants. Like, like, like they were like it was. I, I think both of them it, was, it hit way too close to home, and they both and uh, like Jack enlisted. He went and took a break once we did. Uh, send troops overseas. He took a break from making comics to go actually kill Nazis because it was that important to him. Wow. And now look where we are. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I retweeted comics. something from June that I tweeted from early or mid June, but it was uh, in regard to what's happening right now with Chuck Wendig being fired from Marvel Comics. It's like when everyone else like gasped and was was like totally upset when Jack Kirby was in the office when they would get like threats from Nazis during World War II because everyone else would just want to ignore it and be civil and he would roll up his sleeves and go down to the lobby and they'd run away scared because he would go to yeah. beat them up. He was like, I will, I will, I, I will fist fight anyone who said like, say that to my face. <laughs> like, like there's nothing. Wow. Civility has nothing to do with it when people are like bigots. Like, I don't get it. It's like, I don't get that weird tone policing it's like hey, hey we, you'll go down to their level it's like no i won't because i'm not a bigot or <laughs> like they, they, yeah. they, they crossed a basic human decency line and uh so let's have marvel live up but this uh, again like agents of shield is gonna be separate so it's like it's funny because when captain america was a nazi in the comics a while back shield like threw shade at them like, like Jim has made lines like you know, Nazis are always bad. Don't forget Hydra are Nazis. <laughs> I think both Jimma and uh, Daisy have lines that are basically like, hey, we see what you're doing, Nick Spencer in Marvel Comics. Yeah. And so that guy Good. barely half-assed a story that everyone saw coming. He said it over and over again wasn't the way that they said it would, it would end. It ended exactly that way. 
and then uh, with a MacGuffin, with the Cosmic Cube uh, or the Tesseract, fixing it and making it to where, yeah. oh, wait, no, he wasn't really Cap. Just kidding. There's a, there's a real, real <laughs> Cap, too. He was sort of real Cap, but oh. not really. And then uh, they gave that guy Spider-Man now. So, oh, great. <laughs> so let's look forward. Uh, who On the plus side, got Mary Jane and him back together, which I, which I like. They've been forcibly divorced, uh, but not only she knows they were divorced he doesn't realize they were ever married because he because she made a deal with the devil to save aunt may because again comic books oh my god it's the last 15 minutes of this episode of me going over the weirdest crap in comics that isn't even sort of the weirdest crap in comics like it doesn't even scratch the surface of mainstream superhero comics it's next our next episode when we next record i will get into uh the vision and scarlet witch's children who that's right a mutant, a mutant oh, yeah. witch and, and a robot man who in many <laughs> versions explicitly has no junk made, made <laughs> twin human children who have no powers and are not special or, or remarkable in any way. They're a normal human and they just conceived them. <laughs> like they, 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 they had a honeymoon where Vision ran around, walked around in thongs and turtleneck sweaters and crap with his bright red what skin. And, like, and it was amazing. <laughs> And those are the early 80s. Those are some of my first comics. They were back issues. I went and got them. They were like a few years old. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever read. Like, 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 I, I still love Vision so much because, because of these stories. Like, He's one of my favorite characters. He likes jazz music. <laughs> oh, of course he does. Of course, course he does. Man. <laughs> it's like I read people like jazz music. That's right, Vision. People say they do. Uh, and, um, wow. <laughs> all right. Oh my god! All right, I think that sums it up for this episode of Agents of Shield <laughs> and the the semi weird comic stories segment by Jared. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on social media? They can find me at I Snow Nothing, like I the the letter, not the word Snow Nothing. <laughs> Uh, on, no G. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> no G. On Twitter uh, and I guess on Instagram. I need to use that. Yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast um, on Twitter at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at pro- not at yeah whatever. You can send us yeah. an email Project Tahiti Pod at gmail dot com. I don't know why that was confusing for a second. Um, don't forget to follow our network pod, uh, but why though PC on Twitter now that we are part of a community. So awesome. And thanks so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. See you next time. <laughs>